Welcome to Setting Captives Free Podcast. Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, welcome to this podcast. My name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with my brother and partner and good friend in ministry, Mike Cleveland. Mike, how are you doing today, brother? Um, good, Eric. So gra- glad to be with you and just grateful to be sharing the Word of God with you and looking forward to it so much today. Amen. And so today we thought that we would share with you, the listener, um, how to be free. Once again, that's what these podcasts are about. How to be free from our former lives of sin and to be set free at the cross. And so we thought we'd look at 1 Peter 1, 14 through 19. And Mike, would you like to uh, start us off with uh, verse 14 there in 1 Peter? Okay, sure. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. And Eric, I think about um, the the evil desires that I had when I lived in ignorance. And brother, they had overwhelmed me. I was immersed in these evil desires. I was captivated by, you know, the power of darkness and sin. And it was just a time of of absolute misery and captivity. And so now it tells me as obedient children, do not conform anymore to those evil desires. Hmm. And, I, and I just love that. Uh, we, it's, it's just saying that don't conform to your former life that you were set free at the cross from. Uh, don't go back to the ignorance. Now, now that you've been made obedient through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, uh, we're no longer to conform to that old life of misery that you just so well described uh, that overpowered us continually. Yeah, there's another passage in Romans 12 too that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the word. You know, to conform is to be squeezed into the mold of the world. It's to be pressed into Satan's service. And so we are not, as children of God, to be conformed, to conform to these evil desires. You know, Eric, that, that tells us something, doesn't it? It tells us, you know, that believers can still have evil desires. It's just that we're not to conform to them, right? Amen. That's exactly right. Yeah, we have temptations. Uh, we still sin. Uh, but we're not, like you said, we're not pressed into that mold anymore. Uh, we're not, we're not uh, captured by those shackles anymore. Um, it, although we still do have temptation, and we still do sin and fall, but we're not pressed in. Uh, we're not shackled up. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it is a, what a tremendous um, thing it is uh, to be not conformed to mm-hmm. the evil desires that we had when we lived in ignorance. Yeah. And uh, 
So verse 15 says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Mike, there's no way we can be holy uh, by anything that we have done. Uh, there's a calling to be holy. And, and where are we called, Mike? And where's the place we're found holy? Well, we are responding to the message of the cross here. Um, we are responding to how Jesus re removed our sin at the cross. He died in our place, shed his blood to atone for our wrongs. And in so doing, he made us holy. He made us righteous. He made us pure. And now in response to that, we're to live like who we are. Amen. And now we have, since we've seen the cross and seen Jesus taking on our sin, the Holy One, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, He is transforming us internally, isn't He? And by the Spirit, we can now live out this life of obedience in faith in this cross. And it is an absolute remarkable life to live, an incredible life to live. We're no longer pressed and no longer captive as in our former life. Yeah, we, we no longer are unholy in all we do. Um, we have been washed. We have been sanctified. We have been cleansed. We've been made new. Um, and so we're now to live like it. And, you know, Eric, in, in order to do that, I have to fix my eyes on Jesus, uh, who, you know, for the joy set before him endured the cross, um, scorning its shame. I have to fix my eyes on him so that I can um, not succumb to the evil desires that I still have as a believer. I have to fix my eyes on Jesus so that I can overcome the evil one. You know, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, but God has told us here clearly to be holy in all you do. For it is written, verse 16, be holy because I am holy. Um, God is the holy God, Eric. Um, he does not tolerate or wink at sin. And, uh, and so because of that, um, we need to focus on what Christ has accomplished for us so that we live our lives in gratefulness to all that he has done for us. And, and as we live in gratefulness, in, in overwhelming gratitude, um, we live holy. As we look at him, we become like him, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the wonderful thing about that, too, it's not just a one-time look. It is, uh, you know, we look there and we believe this message. And then, Mike, we look there again and mm -hmm. again and again. And our hearts are just overwhelmed with uh, such awe and wonder. And like you said, with thanksgiving that God would love us this way, that the Holy One um, would deliver us and desire to make us holy who were unholy, as you stated. And it is just an incredible um, thing to fix our eyes constantly on the cross to see the benefits of the cross because they're really endless when we think about it and when we look there. And, you know, verse 17 says, since you call on a father who ju judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners 
here in reverent fear. And so uh, we're just so thankful that we have escaped uh, God's judgment, uh, yet Jesus didn't escape, but willingly laid down his life, judged in our place. Um, and so uh, what an amazing thing it is that we're, we're here as foreigners, Mike, we, we belong to uh, um, our places in heaven. We're here for a short time and um, just so thankful that the, the work was done by Christ on the cross for us. There's nothing we could do to work our way, uh, but Jesus worked for us on the cross, was judged for us in our place, and now we can live out our life here on earth as not unholy, but as holy. Yeah, I really appreciate how you brought that out, Eric. Verse 17 does not say, now that you have come before the judge, you know, it says, since you call on a father, mm. you know, in verse 14, as obedient children, you call on a father. In other words, it's highlighting our relationship with God as father, not as judge, because like you said, Eric, Jesus was fully judged. You know, the father put up his own son and charged him with the crimes of humanity and and found him guilty and put him to death and poured out all his wrath all his hatred on his own son i mean you could see the cross and it's god just blasting him just pummeling him uh, overwhelming him with wave after wave of wrath and hatred and that's why Jesus is just doesn't even look like a human being on the cross. He, mm -hmm. If you were to see him, Eric, you'd say, what is that? Is that a monster, a snake? What is that hanging on that tree? Because he was judged and pummeled and overwhelmed with God's wrath in our place. And so now we have a different relationship with God. We call on him as a father. We even say, Abba, Father. There's an intimacy there. Daddy, Daddy. Um, and so I love how you brought that out because otherwise, you know, apart from the work of Christ, we would come before a judge and be charged with our crimes, which we did, and be found guilty and have to endure the wrath of God. And that would be horrendous. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Jesus being so unrecognizable on the cross, as you stated, really is uh, in contrast to the ugliness and the unholiness and the depth and curse of sin and death all wrapped up in the wrath of God, as you said, poured out on Christ for us, Mike. And so, but but maybe... Someone's thinking, Mike, that they've, they've gone too far. Uh, maybe they're thinking that they've sinned for so many years that, that could, could this really apply to them? You mean, I'm, I can escape God's judgment by looking to the cross and believing this message that Jesus died in my place, was pummeled by the wrath of God for me, and that, that I can call on God now as Father and and he looks at me as, as, as a son. I, I, I mean, is, is this really, this is true? 
Well, when you think about how far you went in sin, which the devil loves to remind you, doesn't he, how far you went in sin. When that happens, look how far Jesus went and tell me who went farther. <laughs> Amen. Yes, he, he, he went all the way, didn't he? He went all the way to his last breath um, and went all the way to death, um, emptied himself. It really is incredible to think about how far um, Jesus went on our behalf. It's, it's amazing, Eric. He went, like you said, and I appreciate you bringing out how far he went to his last breath. Um, we still have breath in us. Hmm. Um, he shed his blood. We still have blood in us. He gave up his spirit. We still have a spirit in us. He went farther than we did. He actually, Eric, over atoned for <laughs> your sin. You can see that in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2, where it says you received double payment. Uh, for your sins, and therefore your hard service is over, is finished. Um, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Finished. And what we could really talk about that for a long time, but just one thought here is your judgment is finished. Mm. And you can now call on God as a father mm. in being in right relationship with him because Jesus was judged in your place. And if you look at verse 18 here of 1 Peter chapter 1, that's the next verse. It says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed. Really? Well, what was it with? Uh, it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And Eric, what did he redeem you from in verse 18? Um, he redeemed us from our empty way of life that was handed down to us from our ancestors uh, back all the way into the garden uh, where we received uh, the same, we're under the same um, curse of sin and death as Adam and Eve. And that was what we inherited. That's what was handed down. And it, Mike, it was empty. <laughs> it led to an empty, worthless way of life. And it wasn't by earthly th things that we were redeemed from, not silver, not gold, uh, not trying harder. Nothing Mike could have redeemed us from our empty, uh, hollowed out way of life other than the precious blood of Christ, mm -hmm. a lamb without blemish or defect. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> wow. I just love to think about redemption by the blood. Redemption, buying us back. Um, and it's from an empty, like you said, an empty way of life. And so what do we have now? We have all the fullness of God himself dwelling in Christ, but you've been given fullness. Uh, so, of course, we don't have an empty way of life. I'm not looking for pornography anymore. I'm not looking for, for food to fill an emptiness. I'm not looking for... Uh, something that alcohol could fill in me. I'm not, I'm not looking around at everything that the world and the devil hangs up as, um, you know, in front of my eyes as something to satisfy me. Why? Because, Eric, my heart is already being loved by Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, he loved me, Eric, unto death. And nobody's loved me that way. Um, he filled me with his spirit. He fills me with his love. It says he pours out 
the love of God in my heart. He doesn't spoon, spoon it out. You know, he pours it out into me and I, I'm loved. I'm full of Christ. And, you know, Eric, when it talks about being redeemed, not with silver or gold, I think Peter is wanting us to remember to take us back to the Old Testament. I think he's wanting us to think about how redemption was portrayed in the Old Testament. And I think of one place right now, and that is in the book of Hosea. Um, And just a a brief outline of it was that um, Hosea's wife, Gomer, was living as a prostitute. Um, She was, had turned away from her husband and had gone out and committed adultery. And um, here's what God says to Hosea, the husband, in chapter 3. The Lord said to me, go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loved the Israelites, though they turned to other gods and loved the sacred raisin cakes. In other words, they're idolatrous. They're worshiping other gods and they're adulterous. And and then verse 2. So I bought her, I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Eric, what does it take, brother, for a a man to look at his wife committing adultery in the arms of another man and to to say, I'm going to go buy her, I'm going to give up something that's mine because I'm going to buy her back and and take her back and love her again? It takes absolute, extraordinary, great love, brother. And that's exactly what we see here in this story um, with Hosea and, and Gomer. And we see that this ties in with the great and incredible love that God has for us. Even though, Mike, we were out in our sin and going deeper and deeper in our idolatry, deeper and deeper in darkness. Uh, God wanted to do the same for us with his only son. He wanted to buy us back. Mike, he loved us so much that he, that he desired to buy us and to purchase us, not with silver and gold, as stated earlier, but with the precious blood of his son, and that, that we might call him father, that he might call us sons and that he might purchase us out of our sins slavery and out of the uh and put our idols to death on the cross in his own flesh for us mike Mm -hmm. this is what the power of the cross does Uh, this fills us up with his spirit Uh, this pours forgiveness and love over our hearts and in our hearts and then like you've stated mike a river it's coming that which we received, we received such love and grace at the cross that now we desire to pour it out and to love others as we've never known before. Mm. Yeah, amen. Um, one of the things we're, when we're looking at First Peter chapter 1, it's, it's saying, now, now, uh, be holy, mm-hmm. even as the Lord himself is holy. And I look at Hosea here, and after she was redeemed, then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. 
and I will behave the same way toward you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eric, if you think about Gomer here, the wife, as, as she was bought back, as she saw the love of her husband who said, I know you've sinned, I see your sin, but I'm going to purchase you back because I love you with all my heart. I mean, can you imagine that Gomer looked at him and said, how could you love me so much? Do you not know what I've done? And yet he says, yes, of course I know what you've done, but I love you and my love is greater than what you've done. My love is greater than anything you could have done. Mm. um, Just imagine Gomer then saying, I love you too. And I will live with you any way you want me to. And the rest of her life, Eric, the rest of her life, don't you imagine the gratitude in her heart mm-hmm. and saying, yes, of course, because you bought me, I will live with you. And Eric, we've not been bought with silver and barley. Yeah. We've been bought with the life and death of Jesus by his precious blood that he shed. And so, of course, now we want to live in holiness. It disgusts me to think about my past life. It hurts me. And every time I do it, I got to run to the cross real quick, you know, because I don't want to get overwhelmed. Uh, Isn't that the way you feel too? Yes. And it sure makes us think just as, you know, we we think about all the things that we have done in contrast uh, to the love of God and him coming to us in the same way. I'm, I'm purchasing you. I've seen everything that you've done. I've already known everything that you've been and, you know, and the places you've gone. And it doesn't, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to provide a way for you. I'm going to provide a way to bring you back in its intimacy. It's deep intimacy as a marriage. It's I'm purchasing you back and I'm loving you as a bride. And, and Jesus, the groom, has come to purchase and then to present the bride, the church, holy and blameless and without blemish. And it is astonishing to look at the cross and to see the love poured out there, the incredible love poured out there for such sinners like us uh, in our former lives of ignorance where we lived worthless lives. And for however many years and however depth of sin it was is totally irrelevant because the blood has purchased us out of that. It has lifted us out of that. It has washed us white as snow and cleansed us from all unrighteousness, brother. And so, yes, we must look at the cross continually so that our hearts are continually filled up and filled with gratitude for the life that was once in ignorance and worthless uh, to a life where we stand firm at the cross. Uh, We stand firm on on the rock. Uh, We stand anchored into Christ now through his death and burial and resurrection where we rise up, Mike. We have rise up from our dead state of being in sin with all our idols and with all the things that we used to uh, be passionate about. Mm. And, and now uh, we see that Jesus has emptied himself so that we could be filled. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And that takes my, takes my breath away, brother. I, I needed to hear this today. Maybe there's somebody else listening who needs to hear this as well. Um, I had a reminder of my past sin uh, earlier as you and I were talking, Eric. And, you know, anytime that happens, I want to just go in the bedroom and cry, you know. Yeah. But what I have to do instead, and what I've learned to do, is go to the cross and cry. You know, to see the love of Jesus pouring himself out, saying, I know what you've done. I know how far you've gone. I know who you've hurt. And I love you. I love you still. And the response of that, I'm looking right now at 1 Peter 1, 8, just up a couple of verses. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Mm. Um, You can imagine Gomer, right? Um, Mm. As she was purchased out of her adultery and idolatry. and, and, And just the response to that would be love. There is no other response that, that is appropriate. It's just love because he loved us unto death. He loved us, you know, clear to hell and back, Eric. Mm-hmm. That's some kind of love, brother. And um, now it says in First Peter 1, verse 22, um, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. You know, sometimes, Eric, I think about if Jesus were here, oh my goodness, what would you do, man? I would go to him and just throw my arms around him and love him, you know, but he's not here. But I have a second chance because his body is here. You're here, brother. If you were here, I'd throw my arms around you. (laughs) My wife is here. Uh, I can throw my arms around her. Love one another deeply from the heart just like jesus loved you as he was on the cross his heart bled out his heart was opened and his heart was crushed and his heart was full of love for us and he gave his heart for us eric that's what we're to do for others isn't it amen and this is the only way brother that we can experience uh, this deep love from the heart You know, this isn't a love like the world offers with conditions and restrictions. And if you do this, I'll do that. This is, Mike, this is a deep love like you just explained. Uh, Though though we haven't seen him, we love him. And Mm -hmm. and because he loved us all the way to death. Mm -hmm. Because his heart was open, like you said, for us, brother. And when we look to this cross continually, this deep love penetrates our hearts and changes our desires and gives us this deep love for one another where we do want to throw our arms around each other, where we do. And we would want to just fall on our faces if Jesus was here in front of us now with such overwhelming gratitude and thanksgiving for loving us to death, for loving us out of our sin and shame and former lives. And so, Mike, we're going to have to leave it at that for this podcast, although we could keep going. But, you know, someone's listening right now, brother, and we're just hoping that the love of Christ is really overwhelming their hearts now. And so, Mike, as we bring this podcast to a close, can you pray for that specifically, brother, that that those listening, uh, that at least one more heart uh, would be overwhelmed by by this great love that we've talked about today. So, Mike, would you do that, brother? Sure. Father in heaven, 
we are grateful that we can call you Father right now, that we aren't coming in front of you to be judged and to have our sins put on trial, but we have a relationship with you now because you judged your own son, Jesus, in our place. Father, maybe someone is hearing these words right now and they maybe they are reminded of their past life of emptiness where they did give in to the desires, the evil desires, and they lived in that way. And maybe they are thinking of how they hurt other people and they hurt their relationship with you. But Father, through the story of Hosea, you have told them right now, I see your sin, I know what you did, and I love you anyway. Mm. And Father, right now I'm just asking that you would show whoever's listening that you have paid for their sin, not with silver, not with uh, gold, not with perishable things, not with barley like Gomer did, but you paid for their sin with the blood of your own son. You not only covered it over, but you atoned for their sin. And oh Lord, let them look up to you right now and have hope that they have been forgiven have hope that you have loved them despite their sin, that you have paid for their sin and you no longer even see it anymore. Lord, you look at them with nothing but love in their eyes and you look at them and are, are calling them into a relationship with you. You're calling them to come and call on you as their father to understand that they're now in right relationship simply through believing the good news of Christ crucified, the good news of Christ pouring out his blood has made them to be right with you. Lord, help them like Hosea and Gomer to come into this love relationship where their heart is caressed, where their heart is strengthened and stabilized, where their heart is built up Lord, help them just now to look to you and to understand maybe for the first time, I can call on you as my God and Father because you have judged my sin in your son and put it behind your back and buried it in the ocean and you've just made it this great atonement where I'm now accepted and loved and forgiven and also, Lord, where help them see that they have been raised up out of the tomb of sin that when Jesus rose from the dead, they too came to life and they can now have a relationship with you and they can live holy because you've called them to live holy. And Lord, I just thank you for the time that Eric and I have had and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.